What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 197. On this episode, I'm joined by Omniscient Art. I talk about my Patreon and merch shop. And then he's on. We talk about rap names, Nashville, music production, music talk, playlists, royalties, beat making, rappers, songwriting, a whole bunch of fucking music talk. Thanks for checking us out. What up? First things first, I need to implore you all to visit www.patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Go there and give any amount of money and you will get early access to all the podcasts. It's normally 24 to 96 hours early. Some of the music ones are even earlier. If that entices you. Um, also, if you give enough, you can be like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, and Marshall the Dharma Initiative, Bear, and Pow Wow, and be co-producers and be shouted out just like that at the beginning of all these episodes. And you're just like, fuck yeah, check me out. I'm all cool. Um, also, we have a merch shop. If you would like to wear a cool A Podcast with Mo merch, or I'm sorry, a, a podcast with Mo shirt around. Um, and then people be like, oh shit, what the hell is that? And you're like, it's fucking underground shit, you know, indie for, uh, like you're on the ground floor, you know, that's some cool shit too. So, um, check out the link, um, to that. It's in the description. It's like shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast mo, something like that. But look for it. Anyway, um, this time we're going to give a call to an artist by the name of Omniscient Art. Maybe it's Omniscient Arts. I'll ask. And um, I will say two days from now, we have a music episode coming out. And on that one, I claim someone else called in on this episode. That fell through. So um, luckily, this artist came through, said he could do it. Um, I decided to call him for two reasons. I did ask people on Twitter. One, he had the best response with an Austin Powers gif. And I fucking love Austin Powers. And then also, he won the last producer challenge we made. So if you remember, we do done these producer challenge episodes and, um, he's a rapper, producer, engineer, does all of that. And, uh, he won that one. So I was like, you know what? It makes sense for him to call in here. So, um, we're going to give him a call and see what the fuck is up. So what's up, man? Shit. Just, just chilling, bro. It's, it's a lot of chilling. The first thing I said, and I said it's rather, I thought it was Omniscient Art, but I was like, it could be Omniscient Arts, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's it's singular. Um, if I refer to, like, anything I do, I guess, it's, like, Omniscient Arts, like, <laughs> artworks of me, I guess. But it's, I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. It's an S. It doesn't really, right. really bug me. You know, it, it still pops up in Google. <laughs> oh, shit. See, I get all... I get definitely concerned on like the inner caps of my my name. I'm like, oh yeah, man. I'm like, the A is fucking capital and the M is capital and nothing else is capital. And I don't know why, but I get so into it. I got, I got a, I got a friend. He's also an artist, and he his his like moniker is all one one word, uh, but it's technically two words. So every time you type that into Google, it thinks you need to split it up, and so none of his shit ever pops up. And it's it, it the algorithms are buggy, man. They're they're really finicky. Right. Well, I think 
a rap name um, needs to be a little unique if you can. You know, when I first started out, I just went by Mo, which is, you know, a podcast of Mo. Um, but everyone, there was like, there's like a million rappers named Mo. So I kind of try to make, you know, spots it up, make it unique. <laughs> and uh, we have a guy that we play on the podcast by the name of Bo, just B-O. And it's fucking impossible to find him on Spotify. <laughs> like I have because I've say I've favorited a song before. You saved it, yeah, right. And I can go back, but like if you're just typing it, it's like it's just two letters. Like it's just not enough for um, these services. I don't know <laughs> to be able to know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's kind of how I was with mine because like it it started off like oh I want to want to be called Art, and then it's like eh, that's 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 not really gonna fly, you know. Like people around me call me Art, but like just going as that with you know no actual name or brand behind you it's it's not gonna fly right so that's that's where the omniscient came from yeah well you have to have that there because you know someday if you ever blew up then you could be shortened to art exactly this is exactly what i was thinking yeah exactly what i was thinking got think for the future um so you mentioned to me earlier when we were deeming that you're in nashville is that correct correct so right. how is that? I went there once my junior year of high school. I uh, was in FCCLA and I was an officer oh, yeah. and it was yeah. I was one of like six guys and then it was like 50 something girls and it was us and three other schools all because I was in like a really small school. We got together to get a charter bus to go from Oklahoma to Nashville for this convention and it was a great time. That's my only <laughs> experience with Nashville. Uh, It's. It's okay. It's cool. Um, I'm originally from this little, like, small town in Arkansas. Like, it, like it's it's different if you're from a small town, right. you know. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like lifestyle wise, it's it's cool. It's all right here. Um, but you know, everybody thinks of this as a music city, but they also think of it as like the country music city, which is. <laughs> completely just ass backwards it's it's mostly like the cover music city of the nation right um, it, it it's got a whole bunch of issues um that i feel like are being addressed but at the same time like it's it's a super slow process i like it here just because of all the people you know every single person here is an artist or a musician in some form or fashion and sometimes that's cool sometimes it's bad but like that that's so completely unheard of from where I'm from. Like if, if you go to where I'm from and you pull out a guitar and like, you're just singing on, you know, the side of the street or, you know, like a Broadway or, or something like that. People are going to look at you funny. Like they're, they're going to look at you and judge you in a sense. But out here, if you're out here strumming on a guitar on the side of the street, like people are going to gather around and listen to you. Right. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a guitar, if you're just banging on buckets, like, People like entertainment out here. I don't know what clicks, you know, like a lot of people come here. Uh, like we have a lot of bachelorette parties. Like we are the bachelorette capital of the fucking world, bro. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And and people come here for like this fake music city kind of vibe. Like right. the country music, the cover music, the like the alcohol, the whatever. But I, I swear it happens every time. About two hours later. They're going to want to turn on rap music. They're going to want to turn up. They're going to want to experience real Nashville. And like, that's not showcased outside of Nashville. And it, it, it it's weird. It's really weird because I'm not from here. I, this is just how I see it. Right. Well, I think um, it's interesting that uh, hip hop production has definitely 
infiltrated all music production. Oh yeah. Like oh yeah. I personally, um, you know, I grew up in a small town as well. We'll we'll figure out our the sizes in a moment. But, uh, you know, I grew up. I hated country music in general. You know, because everyone around me loved it and they all played it, and I was just I was a rebel and I loved rap music. Um, <laughs> and eventually, yeah, by the time I was in junior high, everyone loved rap music. You know, Nelly was a big fucking deal, shit like that. But <laughs> like when I was really young, you know, it was definitely still kind of not cool. Um, <laughs> you know, and all my family likes country music. But now when I listen to a country song, I'm like, I could make that beat. You know, maybe not. I, I oh, could, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Not that I actually make that exact one, but I could make something really fucking close to that. You know, not even trying. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was weird when I first got here. Like, I would walk into these sessions with, with all musicians, right? N- nobody was programming shit. Um, and I remember one of the first times I walked in on a, on a drum session where they were basically quantizing the drums like chopping them up quantizing them to the grid by hand um in a sense and it, it just blew my mind because i'm like i program my shit and i try to get it to swing by hitting it off grid right right they do the complete opposite because there's it's too messy and it's not on grid enough and it's like damn like <laughs> there there's a there's two worlds here and the merging of the two is going to be fucking beautiful but if they're like if they're so separated like i feel like they they kind of always are it it <laughs> it just becomes fuck the other side kind of thing right <clears throat> i mean i uh you know as someone like i said I, I didn't like country music much growing up i have found myself music making wise lately you know i use that fucking ample guitar vst or whatever and i feel like i gotta yeah. fucking play the guitar because i can't and uh i make some melodies and i'm like holy fuck i'm about to cry like I'm just making it like I feel beautiful, (laughs) right? And then I'm like, I gotta make a song to it, and so I do find myself making like uh, you know more country influence sort of songs lately, and uh, I hate it, but also I'm one. I don't know. I'm where I'm at as an artist is I. I don't think I'm going to, I don't want to copy someone else, you know, like I'm just following my own artistic heart, if that makes sense, you know, like whatever fucking feels right to me is what I'm going to make. And so I have plenty of people like, oh, you got to do, you know, this sort of hip hop banger. And I'm like, man, I don't even know how to do like, I also don't, I just don't, I don't start a music session with like, here's what I'm doing today. Like I literally just pull up a random sound and I just go through sounds. I'm like, that sounds cool. And then I make a dumb melody and then I, I lay some drums over it, you know, like, I'm very like experimental, you know, I don't have like a real legit plan. Um, like I think some people talk to me, they assume I would and I'm like, Oh no, like I just sit here and <laughs> see what the fuck happens. And then sometimes I do come out with like, how the fuck did I do that? Like slice six for anyone who uses FL studio. That is like my cheat code. Like I just drop someone's sample and fucking slice six. And it sounds like I'm chopping shit up. Like I know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I make beats too. Um, I I notice I get into a, a bad rut. I think a lot of artists do this because we're like we stockpile too much uh, stuff, right? Um, and, th- and that doesn't mean like necessarily like you have to like full force like full fledged release it type of thing uh, with like full promo and everything. But mu- like music's supposed to be shared, right? Like what what what's the point of having a hundred beats on a hard drive that three people have heard? You know, um, it, like once I started getting too too much stuff. It, it turned into okay. What am I doing? Where are these going? Like this became part of the creation process itself, you know. Because um, like like you said, like it's super easy to sit down, just feel inspired by sound, 
and produce something off of that. And like, I shit, bro, I did that like three times this morning. Yeah, me you too. Know? <laughs> 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 like it's that that feels good, but what feels bad is when you have so many of those like those vibes and those thoughts and like those hours spent on that work and you know nobody's nobody's heard it um, right it, it's just it's just interesting bro like i i literally ask every single artist that comes through my studio what happens if you died right now you know not tomorrow literally right now what happens if i pull out a gun and just shoot you and kill you on the spot like are you cool with the work that you put out and like that you've shared with people like it's kind of morbid but like it really makes you think like what what what's important to me you know because i don't i don't i know everybody has like their own kind of kind of life going on but you can lose people in the blink of an eye you know like there was an artist just this past year that that died on me like just gone he's no more and we we still like put his ad-libs and shit in our music just to like pay respect and I, I don't know like he was just starting he was young too he was he was really young and it's it just so it, i don't know bro like blink of an eye it can happen so fucking quick and so that's why i just think like this has to be shared like this artwork has to be shared at at any cost right i will say i think one thing i'm pretty good at is i i'm pretty good at putting some shit out um i've found myself i have like a this is all a machine, right? Like in my head of like, I'm do the podcast and I get two out at least a week on schedule for fucking a couple years now. I haven't missed a week, you know, the two a week thing. So I've got something going there. And then I have this system of making beats to where like once they're made, I, I wait until I get 10 made and then I go through them and I have all these different folders that they could be eligible for. <laughs> And then yeah. I, I start organizing like this is a for me beat like this is a beat I want and no one else gets it or this is one that uh, a friend of mine I know would would like or this one goes to my beat store like I kind of yeah. sort yeah. it like the mail if that makes sense and then <laughs> I just keep I try to I keep a pressure on myself that like I have to do this stuff when I actually know I don't have any real fans or like any real pressure or expectations but i put it on myself because if not i wouldn't release anything like i just oh, yeah. wouldn't yeah right right i, I would... mean my i have a cousin that has been sitting on music for i think like two years now and when i when i tell him to release them his excuses are literally like oh i gotta fix this ad lib oh the feature doesn't like his verse oh i need to add an ad lib here and it's like bro let's let's do it like let's figure out a way to do it and and like get it pushed out. And if people really don't want to do something, they will find a way to not do it. And so like, right. Well, like, you know, kudos to the people pushing through on their own time and not having anybody, you know, having to look over their shoulder. Right. Well, I think a lot of it, people have just such a high expectation for their music. And, uh, you know, I'm not a a rapper that, I mean, I like my music, but I'm okay with if, if someone doesn't, you know, like I don't hold that against them. Like I don't like a lot of people's music, so I get it. And uh, I put out so many shitty mixtapes when I first started out. You know, I was rapping on a USB microphone, and it, it's all shit. I listen to it now, and I'm like, I can't believe it. But I also love the fact I have shit from 10 years ago. Right, that, That's and that's that's the point, bro. Like, it, it's that process. And if people right. aren't experiencing that process, they just don't know, and they're not going to grow in the same kind of way. Exactly. Like, it. you'll make leaps. Like, I try to tell this to some young artists. Like, my first uh, two mixtapes I did – 
were really bad, like really, really bad. And then my third one was like, oh my God, that's not the worst thing in the world. And then the one after that was better. And the one after that, like, and if I would have just not released it, I don't think I would have grown to the next stage. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. That, that's what I try to preach to people. Cause this is, this is like going to the gym, bro. This is like a diet. This is like anything, like however you want to shape it in your, your thought process. Like, yeah, it, it totally <laughs> this is. This is growth. Like, yeah. I, and I haven't, I haven't wrote lyrics. I mean, actually, yesterday I just sat at work on my phone and, and wrote a verse because I was like, I have to fucking start writing. Like, I just, I'm so lazy about writing verses these days because I'm making beats now, you know, some I've done the last couple of years to where it's so much fun and I love it. But there, and there's no pressure for me when I'm making beats. But when I'm writing, it just seems like there's so much more pressure that I just haven't been doing it. And then when I, I do do it, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm out of practice. What the hell am I? <laughs> I right. I think that I think that's the same kind of conversation about how you how you produce though. Um like for example, when when I notice, you know, an artist or even myself starting to engineer themselves, the best thing you can do is make songs. It does not matter what the content is, it does not matter what the lyrics are, it does not matter what the fucking song's about. Just make the song, finish it out, fully produce it fully mix it and like go through that process of recording yourself over and over and over again. That's what I've been doing. And I've like, I can just tell with this, this new project that I'm sitting on, like, like you said, it's leaps. It's not just like a little growth here, a little growth there. It is leaps of growth. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Right. I also think doing features is important as a rapper. Um, I know for myself, uh, when I do a feature for someone else, I, uh, I take more liberties or out of like, just who cares? Like I'm not trying to stick so much to the like persona of me that I like to portray or that I, that I am on raps, but I'll, I'll be a little cockier. I might like, if the song's about cars, I don't really like cars, but I might fucking throw a line about a car or some shit, you know, like I'll do that because it's not my song. And it, it helps me, I think with some growth. Like I have a song coming out, uh, this Friday and, um, it's a it's a feature verse I done for someone, and really I just did it because I was like I just want to do some punchlines, like some you know old school Little Wayne shit, bro. And that's... go listen listen to Omen. What I what I submitted for your producer challenge, like right. all right. those lyrics were that's literally my tag. Like I I knew that beat sounded so cool that maybe someday somewhere at some point someone would have taken it somewhere, right? Like just taking it off the podcast or whatever and done something with it, and so. To combat that, I just made a song on top of it. The lyrics like weren't the main focus. I knew you were gonna focus on the beat, but like that's that's part of the practice and just like good habits that I I want all artists to get into. All I think all artists need to know how to record themselves to like some basic extent. Right, and like I try to tell uh, people, you know, I have like a little small home studio that I record my podcast and stuff in, but it's just a room, right? Like I just have yeah. an audio interface. Yeah with a couple microphones around a table and uh, I put up this little cardboard with a blanket over it when I record raps. Not that I know if that helps or not, but you know, in my brain it helps. And uh, <laughs> so like, you know, it's not the best, but like I've been doing it for years. I, I don't really, like, I think you're like probably really good at engineering from the sounds of it. I'm like, I can kind of mix my shit because I've been doing it for so long, but like, I don't really know what I'm doing and I can mix other people too. But like, if someone's like, what did you do? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, you know, I'm just kind of, 
I just, yeah, that, I just, I bet it, that just comes with it, bro. Like I'm, I'm in a tiny ass room. I got one mic set up. I got a shield on it. I got a pop filter. It's going into an Apollo interface. Shout out to UAD. They're fucking amazing. And that's just going straight into Pro Tools. And then I'm just doing everything in the box. Like it, it really just came through the process, bro. There's so much years of just terrible, shitty music that we made. And they were good songs too. It's not even my music. Just like terrible recordings, terrible mixes. Everything sounds like garbage. But it, it's just, it's just learning, you know? right? And I, I used to work at, I used to work at a bakery, just making things. Like nobody cares what, like what it was before they picked it up. Like that, they don't care what it was until they started enjoying it. They don't care where the dough came from. Like as as far as like what it actually is that they go for, they care like nutrients and like ingredients for some people. But if you're going to a bakery to get a to get you know some bread, you're going to get that bread. <laughs> you know, if people are going for a certain song or a certain uh, certain beat or whatever, they're going to look until they find it. And if you're pushing that out, that's Right. That's it right there. The hardest part for me is someone who, you know, tries to sell some beats is, I mean, just getting ears to your beat store or or to your beats. And I think that everyone knows that's the hard part. Um, I am, I am revolution, like revolutionizing how I'm doing production deals and like production with stuff. Like I used to try to run a beat store and I just, I couldn't, it was, it was too much upkeep for too, too little uh, return on investment. Right. That was both time and money. And so like what I do now is I just have a group of artists that I always work with. Like I still sell beats to other artists on the internet and shit like that. Like there's so many people that I'm locked into now that I just get in with those people and I get a, a bigger chunk of the percentage off of, off of just only working with these people. Cause that's just like what we have worked out. Right. And that, that's dope. And I'm a producer, I think, would uh, always work with people on percentages. But I've gotten burned a few times where, you know, a homie, I've sent them a beat and they upload it and then I don't get my percentage. I'm like, well, come on, fucking assholes. Like, we were being cool here. And, uh, you know, I kind of take it as a loss on me. You know, I'm not throwing a fit or anything. I'm like, well, live and learn is kind of how I approach most things. Um, but also there's like this – there's so many rules that no one really – knows or like maybe people know but like there's just so many arguments because everyone's an expert you know like yeah. so like for instance if, if you sell a lease or a, an exclusive or whatever uh word on the street is you know unless another deal has worked out you get 50 percent of that publishing because you made the beat but then rapper like no rapper believes that like very few of the rappers well, believe that and publishing is different you know it's like, true you own you own that fifty percent of publishing by law. That's not even negotiable, right? If you negotiate it away, that's all on you. Agreed. Um, but, but a lot of rappers don't even understand publishing. So, like for them, like I understand hearing fifty percent like that, and like you're taking fifty percent of my profit. It's like, yeah, it sounds it sounds scary in a sense, but like that's not. I I don't know. Like I I definitely try to educate everybody who comes through on like on some studio recording time just so like they know how to deal with it outside of the studio. Like when they're not around me, you know, like I can't always be like a little Google that you pull out of your phone. Like, Hey Zach, like what do I do in this kind of situation? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it, it's, I don't know. Like it, 
education is a huge part of this, like the business side and knowing how to not get fucked over by, you know, fucking scams or bad lawyers or labels or whatever the hell it might be. Like that's part of the game. Like that's part of being an artist. You can't, you can't just like expect to make music and everything be hunky dory. Like, <laughs> right. You got to protect your shit. <laughs> you got to protect yourself. Yeah. And um, we mentioned beat stores earlier. I will say this year, I've made enough money to like cover my beat store and then probably like what I paid for FL studio, you know? So like, I felt like I've gotten to where I've broken even if you don't yeah. count like the time <laughs> that I've invested, which is like a big fucking deal, which I'm like really excited about. I'm like, this is really cool, but I also don't have the mindset that uh, this could go on forever. I just think I did pretty good this summer cause I had a beat sell and I had some friends and people that have been following me for a while that, you know, finally took that step all around the same time. So it kind of just, it made it feel like, oh my God, this is awesome. But I don't have an expectation. This is going to keep happening a lot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get, I get that. That's why I like having having the artists that like I'm so locked in with. Right. And it, I, I wish like, I did. <laughs> oh yeah. It just takes time to build, bro. Right. Like a lot of these guys came to me for recording. And at the time they met me, I was making shitty ass beats. I'm still not making beats that are good enough for some of these people. And like, that's okay, but they're not going anywhere. Like I'm, I'm locked in with them. Right. Know? Like they're getting better. I'm getting better. Well, and like, what, let me, let me ask you something. Like yeah. when, when you sell a beat uh, off your store, for instance, are you only getting like that publishing percentage? Um, no, I'm selling it for money. Like, I mean, for well, yeah, no, I, I get that, but like, are you getting like more, uh, more kind of royalties on on top of that? Like, are you getting like, I like how a, a right. feature would get percentage, right? Like the back end. Um, they should be the way I think of it in myself is, um, that I should be getting that when they upload a song and I'm the producer and, uh, you know, I like my whole BMI number and all that stuff. But I do yeah. think the whole them paying you money up front, I think that's part of the deal of like, because rappers are going to screw you over and they are not going to follow through that. That's like your deposit or whatever. Well, see in my mind, can, that's how can, I think of it, but I know that's right, not actually right. it, <laughs> but you can do away with all of that. If you just didn't work with people like that, you know, and that, that sounds like such a doy kind of thing, but, me and me and Keenan Victor, shout out to Keenan Victor. I don't know if you've you've listened to him. I work with him a, a ton. But like we've had in depth conversations of like rappers paying for beats is kind of kind of dumb, like kind of silly, like upfront at least, because at no other place are you are you doing that? Like you're hiring a producer for their time. If you if you're talking about like a popper here, like you hire that producer to produce a record and you pay them for that time, and then they get a cut after the end of it. You know it. When you when you think about like we're selling MP3s, like we're selling like call, we're selling trading cards in a sense. But they're still like be paying for your form. time. I mean, it's the same right. thing. Right, right. But like it's it's just how you allocate that money. You know, if I produce a record now, I'm getting a full like fifty percent of that record. Period. Right. If if there's three people on it, we're all split thirty, 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 or you know, however that that wants to work out, like. And I, I feel like I can do that only because I have these relationships with these people. I can't go on, you know, beat stars and be like, hey, bro, buy my beat. Oh, by the way, I own 50% of it. Like, hell no. That, right. That's a terrible, terrible business business plan. See, I guess I also think of it as like um, 
all the beat sales I've made on BeatStar, not all of them, that's a lot, but like half of them, they would have, if I didn't have that beat store, I just wouldn't have got that money. So like, and even if I haven't heard this final song um, yeah, for or, sure. or whatever, it's like, so if I didn't have it and they didn't come across it randomly and buy it, then I would just be out 50 bucks or whatever, you know, right. the, the no, no, I completely agree. I think beat stores are really, so cool I try to like, do both, uh, I guess. Cause like I said, yeah. I, I have folders. Yeah. Like I, I make uh like I, my last album was called internet friends too. And it was a collab album and uh, yeah, I'm yeah, totally si- sending you an invite for internet friends three. And I'm really good at giving people their, you know, percentages on distro kid and, and BMI and all that shit. Like I go and do all that and I'll let people know the information and I'm like really upfront about it. And like my emails of like, Hey, like I had a couple people that were like, Hey, I don't use distro kid. I don't care about it. Keep the percentages. I don't want to be, I don't want any. And I was like, okay, um, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh, so, I mean, that does happen. Um, but I'm just really upfront and, uh, this new one, you know, I have producers that are send me some melodies i plan on giving them a part as well now where i've been a little maybe too generous as since i did for instance make all the beats on the last album i could have just took 50 percent there and then also took a percentage of you know my verse and then split up that way but a lot of times i kind of just didn't even consider my beat making self percentage you know like if if there's a whole bunch oh, yeah. of three people on the song i'm like fuck it we're all getting 33 percent, you know or whatever like that's exactly how i think about it that's exactly how i think about it if if i'm featured on your song and i produce it there's no way in hell i'm going to charge your producer beat and a feature feature percentage that's that's absolutely ludicrous like i just think about like my producer time is still worth the same as my artist time is still worth the same as my engineer time you know like there's i don't know i don't i don't think about it like that way i guess right well and I just, I want to be cool. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people in rap these days or hip hop or maybe just everywhere, you know, they act like being cool isn't important. You know, like (laughs) be weird, be awkward, be yourself. And I'm fine. I am weird and awkward and all that too. But like, I do still want to appear cool. And like, I think that's not a bad thing. And so like, I just feel like it's a cool move. I feel like it's a cool move to be real up front. And I'm like, hey, you know, here's all this stuff. Um, you know, I've worked with, you mentioned, you know, you have artists you work with. I have some that I've tried to start relationships with and I'm, so I'm interested to get your take here. And most of these are of course over the internet. Cause where I'm at, there's not many, uh, musical yeah, acts yeah, yeah, I feel you. and, uh, people get so defensive, you know, and I get it. I'm defensive as well at times of my own music, but like, sometimes I'm just like, Hey, I, you know, here's my feedback. You know, I'm pretty good at giving if I wanted to legit feedback but people get so mad that most of the times we all have to default to like yeah that was a cool song bro and then you just kind of move <laughs> on because you don't want to get in a fucking argument because you didn't appreciate some line that was real special to them or you know or something yeah yeah i, I get that i i I think i've made a, a good enough like name around the people who i engineer with that they know i'm gonna i'm gonna tell them to <laughs> tell them straight like if it's bad it's bad like right. i'm gonna let you fucking know but at this in the same breath i'm also saying like this song isn't for me you're talking about like eating a bitch's ass like some cake and diving off in it like a wwe wrestler and it's like this this song isn't for me you know like i i know that this isn't for me like it's probably fire in the right context and so I don't know, man. I've engineered so many songs that before I moved to Nashville, I would not have listened to. Like, I would have thought they were just absolute hot pieces of garbage. And after engineering them and after meeting these people and after going through the process and like 
being on ground zero with him, it changes every perspective that I had. Like, right. I it, mean, it's crazy. Yeah, to a degree, that's, I mean, a benefit of my podcast or like if, uh, you know, I've made a few fans across this world to the podcast and I'm sure my music comes out, they're way more likely to listen to that than if they would if they hadn't listened to me on a podcast, you know, because I'm pretty for sure, for sure. I try to keep it real on both. You know, I, I think I'm, I am the same person. You know, my voice sounds slightly different. I think me and you are similar in that way of your talking voice and your rapping voice are quite different. I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to find my rapping voice. And so that's definitely why. Like, if you just listen to, like, just the progression of it, it's, right. it's changed a lot. Well, when I mentioned earlier, like, you know, my first two mixtapes were shitty and all, like, one of the big things was like, finding your rap voice confidence and stuff. And I still don't always have it. Um, but like, once you can tap into that, like you're just better. Like I tell people all the time of like, you're just new. And like, especially my music podcast, I can tell pretty quickly if someone's new off of, if their voice is shaky. Oh yeah. I, I, a lot of people, when I, if I have like a group of people coming to record at like three or four, I can tell who's performed on a stage and who hasn't just from how they, how they hold their voice right and i've never been like on a real stage but i started off in like freestyling in bars with like the whole football team sort of thing right in this local university yeah and like (laughs) and so like you had to like fucking yell you know like because the music was loud as shit at these clubs and bars and like you were trying to make sure people still and you were like real animated to kind of sell your freestyles (laughs) and shit so like that's all carried over i think to my raps where you know i definitely i have different voices um and something I think that annoys like uh, my homie Skinny, who's on the music podcast, he's heard me like uh, the other day I'd done like a little, it wasn't a freestyle because it was a verse I'd written, but I'd done it kind of like Ghost, not Ghost Main, uh, Easy Mac, is that the new dude's name that fucking is kind of blowing up? I kind of done it like he he raps and then Skinny was like, why don't you just fucking record like that? And I was like, because I'm not trying to make a song like that, dude. I don't know. I'm just trying to do my own thing. Like I can do these voices and do like a certain style, but I'm also like... I always try to figure out what I can do that's unique. And I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's how I'm trying to approach it. I feel you. I feel you. But, um, well, what's your next project coming out and all that? Do you have any plans? Um, I don't have a plan to release it. I'm going to get it done and then like send it out uh, like in a private link to, to people I know and people who have been just following me. Um, just to kind of to gauge how everyone's feeling about it, but also I I like doing private links because it, it helps me keep track of like who's actually paying attention. You know, uh, people can hit that follow button and never actually interact with your journey. You know, and that that's not to say everyone has to. Like, I like I like hanging out and, and talking and, and being with the people that are that that are here you know, with me because they're. <laughs> They're here for it. <laughs> right. Well, I think a lot of times stuff that, or something lately anyway that I've been trying to figure out in my own head is about like Twitter because I've liked Twitter. You know, I, I fought against it for years and years. I wasn't I never wanted to get on Twitter. And then I had this podcast and people kept being like, you should really get on Twitter. And so I got on there and I've really got quite a few followers pretty quickly. But it's all the you know, it's the music industry followers. Half of them are fake and they're robots and, you know, it's whatever. But uh, I, I do enjoy it, but I hate how fake everyone, like everyone loves everyone's song. And I'm like, you just don't like, just be real. If 
Like I oh, only no, tell I, people. I definitely don't love everyone's song, but I also don't like go out of my way to let you know. Right, I'm not gonna shit on their song, <laughs> but I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, you got that fire again," when it is indeed not the fire. Like I'm just <laughs> not. I and I don't want to be a. I'm not being a dick. I just want you to know that, like, whenever I'm saying like, "Hey, I like this," you know it's real because I don't say that shit about everything. You know, like. That's how yeah. I view it. Yeah. Or there's like pure playlist curators that, you know, and I make a few playlists as well. And, you know, I try not to bring any personal thought into it whatsoever. But like, they'll be like, oh, you got to do these three or four things so you can make my playlist. And I'm like, if you don't like my song, then don't put it on your playlist. But if you like not, it, put bro, it on the playlist. Oh, my God. Like, I don't I don't know how this I don't know how they're getting on my timeline. Exactly. But like, there's some people that are. There's like five or six hoops you got to jump through. Right. And then there, there's like a time gated thing you have to participate in if you want an opportunity. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it only because I'm like, are you letting songs on that suck that do this stuff? Because if that's the case, then no one wants to one, listen to the playlist. One of the biggest things that irks me about about like playlists, at least real playlists, um, is is the different types of quality of mix on some of these. Right. Like it just all over the place. And that's, that's engineer me speaking right now, but like, I like a good mix. It doesn't matter what the song is. If the mix is, if the mix is okay, I'm going to let it ride. You know, I might not like the song, but I'm not, it, I don't know if the mix is bad. There's so many bad thoughts going through my head. Cause right. it, it gives you time to think like I, I'm an avid believer in like not giving the listener time to think about the song itself. Like let them think about their life. Let them think about what they're doing, but not thinking about the song or how the song actually sounds. Like if you give a listener time to do that, you lost. They're, they're out. They're not here. They're, they're not in the music. Yeah. I, I wouldn't consider myself an engineer uh, typically, you know, um, but I do engineer my stuff and I really wish I was better at mixing. That was like, that's like the one area I know I'm not the best at. I mean, you got to engineer to a degree, right? Or do you just take the audio off of here and just like keep it as is? Uh, like you touch it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. For like the podcast. I mean, I mix yeah. things and I, I do things, but I'm talking yeah. about even like my rap songs. Like I engineered my whole last album or whatever. And it's, it's okay. But I know that there's things I I don't know, you know, like there's plenty of times I'm like, I wish I could do something to this that I know I would like in my head. I know what I want it to sound like, but I just oh, don't yeah. know how to do it. So I'm just yeah, like, that's just that process. That's that growth. And right. for me, it was engineering other people because I got to engineer people with harsh auto tune, with crazy reverbs, with tons of glitches and delays. Like I got to engineer all these different types of music for all these different types of people. So when I brought it back to me, it's like, man, I got all of these these little tools under my belt i can pull anything out of the arsenal and, and like flavor it how i want to have it i don't know hopefully i'll you know have my one hit wonder someday and it'll it'll all be awesome <laughs> that's that's why i think the percentage game is so crucial for a producer man right like, that you gotta get your percentages you gotta get your credits because that that's what the whole game is about for a producer it's not the 50 bucks or 100 bucks or even 500 or a thousand bucks up front like it's those residuals. It's that income that keeps coming off of multiple songs. And like, if you're good enough, you're, you have so many seeds in like different artist catalogs. Right. You know? and, and that's, to me, that's the goal. Like when you look at Russ and like how Russ came up on his own, just by doing his shit as an artist, 
and you kind of overlay that as a thought of a producer, like making sure you own what you own, but you're getting it like everywhere it needs to be on a consistent basis. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you can't, you know, win off of that if you're actually following through. Right. And I think another thing, cause we keep kind of touch on is like getting all of what you're owed. I think, you know, even me, I don't know if I'm doing everything right, but I know a lot of artists, they don't know of any of it, you know? So like, yeah, but uh, like, and that's, to me, that's where like I can come and step in, you know? Right. Uh, cause I know how to do it. I've signed up for, for Disco Kid and BMI and ASCAP for multiple artists, you know? Like I set them down and was like, this is how you do it. This is how you do this, blah, 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 blah. There's one other one people mentioned that song trust that people act like is a, might be important. It's I've never done that one, but I've heard people talk about it. I have, I have song trust as well. And, um, I, I, to my understanding, that's the publishing side of it. Uh, that's, that could be wrong, but that's how I understand it is they're collecting the rest of what I would be owed in conjunction with BMI and DistroKid. Right, because uh, when you when you register something on Song Trust, it'll uh, also hand in hand register something on BMI for you. That's cool. Yeah, I got you know DistroKid, of course, and then my first year I made my money back for my two artist account, which I was like, "Fuck yeah, check me out, I'm killing it." And then uh, after, and then a guy on the last album, he really wanted me to have the BMI information, and I just never messed with it before, so I went ahead and signed up for that and got all that going, but. Uh, now someone recently has brought up song trust. I was like, shit, there's always another one. Always another one. I'm oh missing. yeah. I mean, cause it's still, it's still kind of changing. We're still kind of understanding how to charge for this kind of thing. You know, like we're working with a whole bunch of law that was built or I guess written when we we're dealing with records, fucking vinyl records, bro. Like it wasn't made for streaming. We, we didn't, think of all these things we didn't think of what happens when a streamer plays your song in the back of his stream when he's playing halo on youtube on a saturday night we didn't right. think of like what how do how do we pay you if your song's being played at a basketball game for the playoffs like we didn't think about that kind of stuff until now and that's why i don't i don't know if they're still doing it they were doing it before uh the coronavirus hit and everything but we were like we were in session talking about how much a stream is worth and like how to change the law on streaming and what artists should be paid and whatnot. And <laughs> that's probably gone all out the window. These, right. These past few months. Well, speaking of streaming, this reminded me, I, I have a bone to pick with title. Not that anyone at titles, let me listen to my podcast, but everyone acts like titles the best, you know, and they pay the most. And on my distro kid, title has paid me $0 forever. And I know I got some homies that, are on title and have a playlist they put me on and kind of, you know, put me on repeat to see how that goes. And the person that did that also have songs and they did not get paid either. So I'm on this whole, like, I think titles lying to everybody (laughs) about them paying the best. And I've made way more money on Spotify than anything else. But again, that's because that's like what I promote, you know, and I only promote it because I literally use Spotify. So people always ask me why. And it's because like I pay for Spotify and that's where I listen to music. And so that's what I share. But I understand if you don't have it, you wouldn't want to listen to it there. How how much is the title subscription? Um, I think it's fifteen dollars a month. I think, but I'm not positive. The high fi is twenty dollars a it's month. 20. How much is how much is a uh, a Spotify? Uh, it's like ten dollars for an individual or fifteen for a family, which is what I I have the family plan to add my wife. Yeah, and I got I got Spotify through Hulu, so that's like. 
that's a combined package. And like, oh, hell yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It, we, we think about like they're, they can pay more. And so that's good. And so like everybody should migrate to them. Right. But is it like, is it the artist's fault that, you know, fans don't want to go to tile right. for whatever reason, you know, like if, if we could convince them to go there, like that would be cool. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's in our job description. Right. Well, like Napster pays, but like a lot of things pay better, but like, right. It's where you can't force people to decide which app they want to use. Like, I don't know. It's weird. I guess some people are (laughs) when they're like, they only release their music to certain streaming stuff. Like I know some people that they won't release their stuff to Spotify. They'll like uncheck that, that box (laughs) on their store. Cause they're like, no, I, I'm not supporting Spotify. And I'm like, it, if someone listens on Spotify, they're not going to go listen somewhere else because that's their fucking yeah, that's right. their place that's their platform, right? Exactly. So I I really don't know. Right. It's kind of like you know I'm real into video games and uh, you know the exclusive arguments like whereas in one side of me I'm like I get it you know PlayStation puts the exclusives you got to buy a PlayStation but then I'm like well the people that are never going to buy a PlayStation they're just never going to buy it anyway so you might as well put your games on an Xbox and sell it to them or Nintendo you know whoever the case may be yeah i mean i get ex- like the exclusive type of stuff especially like like if jay-z's dropping on title only for example right um, like that that's like a kind of no-brainer it feels like especially like when you consider his position in the yeah entire he owns a percentage yeah pretty good one i think right and i i don't i don't know i don't know if that's up to the artist in in like our entirety now if we have like a following like like Kanye West or like Travis Scott, where you ha- where you have like power to move people from a platform to the other. Like if Drake was like, "Hey, I'm only putting music on Title now. All my shit is off of Spotify. All my shit is off of Apple." Title overnight, Title would be the biggest streaming service in, yeah. in the world. You know? Um, Did you see that interview I, about if Drake goes independent and how like it might uh, destroy the music business? Thought that was interesting. Yeah, it it would. I mean, it would. It would break some shit, but I don't know if it would, like, I don't know what destroying me. Well, like, I it would, think it would piss some people off. <laughs> I think the people saying that are part of the music industry and they're scared of what would happen. Right. right? So I think they're wording right. it in a certain way, but I would love to see what would happen if Drake handled his shit like Russ or Chance the Rapper or, you know, someone who just owns their shit. Right. And I mean, I don't, I don't, we don't really know the, the degree of how those contracts are pinned out. And so it's like, it, what's to say that he's not really moving that way anyway? Right. You know? it, unless, like, I've read the contract and, like, I can see what he's sold or what he still has, you know, uh, ownership over. Then, like, this is all kind of speculation. Right. Are Are you one of those people that would, like, never sign to a record label? Because I know those people on, exist on I, Twitter. I, I mean, people just got to read the contract, man. Like... Know, know what you're signing, right? And right. This, this sound clip may come back to buy me, but like, just just know what you're signing. Yeah, like, I, there, there's there's good deals out here. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was offered uh, like a pressing and distribution bullshit deal when I first started out by someone on the internet that I think a lot of people would have signed, you know, because they wouldn't have read it, but I read it and it was like I had a guarantee to put so much money into promotion and so much money like there was all this shit that i was like oh fuck i'm not doing this like i'm fucking a broke ass 19 year old college kid like there's no way i'm doing this but like i was really excited for like an hour you know 
after yeah. receiving that email. And I was like, wait, let me read this shit. I um, mean, that's why you, that's why you have kids like Will Pump, like getting million dollar deals when he's 16. Like, well, he's fucking 16. Why wouldn't he take his deal? Right. What are you? It's better than the student loan deal I took. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Never pay those things off. Honestly, that's like a big part of why I kind of was like, hey, let me make some beats and sell them. Because I was like, if I could just catch a break to pay off these student loans, that would be the fucking shit. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. because it's like they just never go down. I don't get it. I don't get how this get, works. Get your percentage catalog going up, bro. That, yeah. That's so I need to work on. Uh, yeah, I need to just make some more. I need to figure out how to get into making more hip hop beats, if that makes sense. Because all my stuff is getting so <laughs> weird. Like it's all like I mean, guitars in the desert sort of vibes, you know. Like I'm gonna trip on mushroom sort of rap beats, or like today it was spaceship music. Like everything has some fucking crazy bleep 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 bleep. It's all kind of in the drums, bro. I think it's just all in the drums. That's true. My drums. It's all in the drums of the movement. I will say, like, there is something. Um, lately, my kicks all are very thuddy and they're not bouncy enough, and I'm like, I really need to figure that out. And also, the modern 808 that everyone loves, I just I haven't got into it, so I guess I need to figure that out as well. You know, like the. I, mean, I think it's it's as hip hop as whoever you get it to. True. Like a good hip, a good hip hop or rap artist will, will fucking make an immaculate song with just a kick drum and a snare sample. They don't need anything else. Everything else you just carry on top. Well, like, I'll say I can rap to every beat I've ever made. So like, I mean, I have a go to verse that right. I can rap to anything. And so like before I, you know, I do a beat, I kind of rap to it. I'm like, oh yeah. Now I don't rap the same way. You know, like maybe one of them I'm kind of doing like a Meek Mill flow, but another one I'm doing like some like half singing ass Drake flow. Like, you know, I'm like, but I could see where someone could do something to this and then I call it okay. But that might just be me having a good imagination. I don't know. I mean, I I think just like finishing the beat out, making sure it's arranged and ready to like send off to somebody. And so when that opportunity arises, you can send it to that person. And I'm right. not saying like like an opportunity, like someone like big names. It might be just like the kid down the street or whatever. Like you just finally meet him. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I rap. And you find out that he's really, really fucking good. And you're like, oh, well, this actually kind of fits your style. And like, I actually have two more beats like this. Oh shit, I'm gonna make a project out of this. And like, it just happens so fast, man. Like, it could be a kid that sucks. I mean, this this story of Blueface was he <laughs> his producer was some thirty something year old, maybe forty something year old producer, you know, and he Bro, met him Blue and was face, like, "Fuck!" He goes, Blue "This kid sucks, right?" And he he goes, "This kid sucks." I'm gonna give him the shitty beat, and then he gave him a beat that wasn't any good because he knew Blueface or he thought wasn't any good, and Blueface does it and he fucking blew the fuck up. And now this producer is super rich, but he's like on the interview being like, fuck, I thought he sucked that, you know, like, and it's so funny <laughs> because it's like, that's how I would be if I met a young, and I, for like Tokyo's Revenge, uh, as a rapper, I always say he would be my favorite rapper if I was a teenager. I just think he's really cool, but like, I'm an adult, so I can't be that into it. And like, I just have moments like that. Like sometimes, some things I aren't meant for me. And then some things are, you know, like, I don't know, not all music's going to be made for everyone. I think that's another yeah, thing I, people... I just- I mean, I think I get, it. I think I can get into everything at this point, and so it's just, it's. it's no, I could never get funny. into a little pump. I was never. I once I heard. I mean, I didn't listen to a lot of rap music when Gucci Gang came out, and I, I was just so in a podcast at the time, and I was like, "This is the fucking number one song." This dude's just saying the same words over and over. But like, I get like people don't care about that. Like, 
I listen, just like, you know, we were saying earlier, listening to music as a producer, you know, you're going to notice certain things others wouldn't. Same as a rapper. I mean, when me or you listen to a rap song, we probably listen to lyrics in a way different than the average consumer. Like, the average consumer, they don't give a fuck what the lyrics are. Like, that just doesn't even, or a lot of times it doesn't I mean, play into it. I, I think that that's, like, the over my li- like over my life over these past few years like that whole perspective has kind of like deteriorated for me because lyrics are so like subjective with people and like if i'm if i'm measuring this st- like everyone's standard off of what i think is dope then i would be the biggest rapper on the planet right you know like i don't know it it doesn't bug me as much as it used to now if there's someone saying like i'm better than you listen to this shit like literally coming at me personally, then I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it apart and like right. have a field day with it. But you know, like I'm not gonna, kid. Dude's fucking sixteen, making million like million dollar deal, singing Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Like how the bro? That's fucking genius. Like like kudos to you, man. Like I can get mad, but at the end of the day, it's just me being mad that I'm like not in a similar position but like oh I knew I could do that but oh, see, you know, I, 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 I did it I would have to completely disagree I mean in a way like yes I agree but I don't think just because someone makes money that that validates no, their art that saying, I have to like it like the no, Kardashians no, I respect he, their he's hustle he's making money at 16 like right. at that young age at that young age right right uh, I think like the Kardashians like I respect their hustle but that doesn't mean I have to think like their show's good <laughs> and there's plenty of artists and I'm like I get I get it you're popular but that doesn't mean I have to like it like right and a lot of it's just me with anything like rap or politics or video games or tv there's so many set areas i can say this about where like it's just me being confused why the shit i like isn't the most popular shit in the world <laughs> right i feel like everybody feels that way like so, i think yeah. coda the friend <laughs> is barred no, like i think he's the best rapper out right now right i just thought his last album was so amazing and then Crazy. i'm like it's so so good and then some other shit comes at like today, uh, and I'd never really listened to this Conrad the Machine guy, but a friend of mine, Brad Srex, likes him, and I, I listen to it, and people are calling this shit legendary and stuff, and I'm like, I get. To me, it's Bro. like not even close to fucking Code of the Friend, but they're like so different <laughs> styles oh, yeah. that like you can't yeah. really compare. Not them. even remotely close. Yeah. I think Conrad the Machine is is top dog right now like he is top tier rapper see and this will be i just want to like saying hot take stuff i just don't it sounds old that's all i can really say it, like, it is, just sounds it old is. no 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 it is it is he is old he like that is his era that is his style why the fuck would he be doing like why would he sound like coda the friend you know like right. that that that's why they sound different you know, there's no reason a man like him in his position should sound like Code of the Friend. Well, and that's Scott, the thing. I don't know Frank. anything about his backstory. I just have a hard oh, time bro. believing any rapper is really fucking cooking crack. I just don't believe it. Like, go listen to his interviews. Look, look at some backstory. Listen to his freestyles. Just like, bro, it. When I first found it, it blew me away. Just because there's there's not like a lot of. It's uh, like a year ago. Everyone tried to give me a Freddie Gibbs. I was like, fuck. There's, there's just not a lot of people like that pedigree, bro. It's really cool. Like, I wouldn't, I, there's no way I could make that kind of music. That's not who I am. Right. But like, that's the thing. A lot of people would hear me hating, and then they're like, "But you're worse than them." And I'm like, "I know I'm worse than them, but I still have like opinions." Yeah, and that's okay. But like, if we're all in the same room, if every rapper on the on the planet is in the same room, 
that dude is going to be one tough motherfucker to beat. That's what, like that's what that's what I would say. You know, and I'm not even saying like battle rapping. I'm just like talking about rapping in general, like rapping how you rap, not rapping at each other, but, like rapping in general. Who is like who? <laughs> who would come out of that room? <laughs> right. Be a fun show, fun TV show. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I just, I definitely enjoy how you can have arguments in rap um, because it's not serious. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, for instance, like if it's politics, you know, even though that doesn't matter either, in my opinion, but like it does, like people take it so much more seriously. But like in rap, you can say some shit about Eminem and then it's like a whole fucking huge issue. And then people have like fucking visceral takes about it for no reason. Like it's all (laughs) over their just fucking opinion of a man's music or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just find it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the that part of the music industry as well. Um, I'm a fan of anyone in general if I feel like they're genuine. Like if I could hear a song and, and I understand like I don't really know because it's, it's impossible to know without knowing the backstory. But like if I get a sense that something seems genuine and sincere and like they're making the music that they – they're meant to make or whatever that they feel like they, I don't know. There's something about like, I feel like I can notice it or at least and I perceive that I do. And then I'll be like, Oh, I get it. And I'll, even if I don't necessarily love it, I'm like, I respect it. And I'm like, Hey, you're making your music. Even like you said earlier, something's not for me or whatever. Um, but I do think if I, if I think someone's like making some shit that they shouldn't be making, like, and again, my own dumbass judgy way, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this guy. So, <laughs> We all have weaknesses. Um, all right, man, you got anything else we need to bring up while you're on here? Uh, no, not not unless you have anything else, man. No, not, not really. Uh, so you're in Nashville working away in the studios. How has COVID, like, destroyed that whole industry? Oh, yeah. Are y'all still kind of going? Nobody, nobody's in here right now. Everybody's gone to other studios. Uh, I'm not letting anybody in. My studio's at my house, and so, like, I'm just not allowing that kind of traffic in at this point. Right. I mean, it's COVID. Like, uh, how are y'all's numbers there and stuff? Like, for Oklahoma, it's horrible. Like, no one gives a fuck. People, like, most people wear a mask at the store. It's pretty but, bad. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Like, we still have Broadway open and everything. Um, and so, like, there's, there's people just <laughs> packed in on one street, no mask. Right. Uh, they started arresting people for not wearing masks. And that, that might damn yeah, that's crazy uh yeah we're uh i saw a map the other day that it separated america into 12 micro nations based on uh culture and i believe the one that goes where i'm at and where you're at we're actually in the same one so i'm sure it's like <laughs> it, it's you know not quite the deep south the deep south was different but it was like uh hillbillies and rednecks basically of, <laughs> and it's like that's the people that live here you know um the, like my town I grew up in, I think it's down to like 1,800 people. I don't live there now. My parents still do um, in southern Oklahoma. And you said you're in Arkansas from a small town. So I'm sure we have very similar uh, sort of surroundings growing up anyway. Yeah, probably. Those fuckers. Uh, I have one friend from <laughs> Arkansas. He was from Spyro. I don't know where the fuck Spyro, Arkansas is, but I believe that's what he said. Damn, I've never heard of that. By some that's fort. It's Fort Smith over there in Arkansas. Oh, okay. Still, I've been to Fort Smith a lot. I've never heard of that. It's crazy. Yep. And my parents, every once in a while, they'll be like, we're going to the Tallahena Drive, which I think is a road or some shit in Arkansas. I don't really know again. (laughs) I never went. Um, 
Oh, but you mentioned Nashville earlier, and it's like a uh, country slash cover city song. It reminded me very much of Branson. So I went to Branson, Missouri yeah, a bunch of growing up because uh, my grandparents had a timeshare there. And so we would fucking just go and listen to all these people sing oldies and country songs. And uh, that's what it reminded me of. So I don't know if you've ever listened no, oh, to yeah, definitely. some Branson. Definitely. But... It's, it's kind of like that, just kind of condensed into one kind of kind of road. <laughs> it's, it's why I have a love of um doo-wop music is because of branson like i felt like honestly 50s doo-wop music is probably like my second favorite genre of music and yeah but they're not even playing that over here (laughs) yeah and and branson's like country music and then some of that but nashville yeah i think so i went to the country music museum i believe that was a thing that existed yeah i mean that's still not like that's not nashville like it's part of nashville that's not the Nashville that I also watched every, I'm a part of. <laughs> maybe not every episode, but the first five seasons of the television show Nashville because my wife enjoyed it. <laughs> and then they my, uh, killed my off roommate, Coach Taylor's my roommate wife. Used, my roommate used to be an extra on that show all the time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> it would just like go on set for like eight to 12 hours at a time. That's, it was like what he did. Whenever you, whenever you mentioned earlier, like – getting to get, everyone does music and getting out. That's where my mind went was Nashville. And, uh, the idea of like, I think that would be cool to just to hang out with other songwriters because like, I've never really hung out with anyone else that writes music. And when you see like the writing oh, yeah. sessions on TV, it's like, Oh, that looks beneficial. Um, <laughs> like I, I, go ahead. I went to the, I went to the art Institute out here. So I was around a lot of, a lot of different artists, a lot just during, during that school time. Uh, it also reminded me of there's this podcast called Broken Record with Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin's a host on there and I fucking love Rick Rubin he's like one of my all time favorite people and uh, one of the people on on that interviewed these three songwriters from Nashville some three women who make country music and they were on this podcast just playing their acoustic guitar singing songs or whatever and it was like would make you cry. Like there's some about an acoustic guitar, and uh, I was just like, "Fuck <laughs> these three women just get together and write these fucking beautiful songs." That's so awesome. Like it just seemed like it would be a cool community if you found your people. So I mean, that's what it is, man. Like I I don't know if like you remember the whole story of the summit, but like that we just have meetings and like get-togethers of artists, like <laughs> like all at one time. Like, right. It's not necessarily a session, but like. We just get together and like we just we just do stuff together. Everything everybody's an artist out here, you know. My all my friends out here are artists in some kind of way. Like it's there's not anybody out here that I know that isn't involved in something. Well, hell yeah, which is just fucking crazy to think about. Right, like I'm the only person I know in my real life that right does creative right. things. So like. Um, and now no one really judges me. I don't think too hard. Cause I don't really hang out with that many people and all my friends that hang out with me, I make come on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't know many other people that make beats or music or, or podcasts. And so I think it, to me, I'm like, Oh, it's a special thing, but it seems like there it's like, no, it's, it's very common for people to, to do this. And I think, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's how it's yeah. going to be everywhere in the future because so many kids can just create so much shit. Like they, you just have so much access to creative tools on a computer now so much more than I would say I did. And I'm not like super old, but I'm kind of old. And I'm just like, kids are going to be making all kinds of shit. They're going to be all so creative everywhere. Right. But every, everyone's always going to want to get in a studio. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's not to say every, every studio is going to survive, but like, there's, it's just different mixing in. There's different. 
Rapping right. in there is different. Producing in there is different. Someday, someday I'll I'll have to come to Nashville and check out check out your dope studio after my one hit wonder. Oh, my my studio is just in the crib now, man. When when I was at AI and learning, like it was it was like a little multi million dollar studio that we got to learn out of. Like there was racks of gear. There was a fucking SSL board with I think like forty eight channels. There was a Mac. Like there was three fucking sets of speakers. There was a fucking big ass live room with two ISO booths off of it. Like it was ridiculous what we get to, what we got to learn out of and like that being hands-on like that when i just came from like this little ass small town at the time it's pretty it's pretty decent now but like there was one studio where i where i grew up at and the dude who ran it was never there like he, he was never fucking open like it was it was so fucking weird bro but when you get into the studio and get around people and just i i don't know like live that kind of lifestyle it it just starts clicking because this is just how things work like this is just how it is it's not it's not really figuring anything out everything's already figured out just be a part of it you know right well and i think uh you know as someone like i have a, a real job you know and all that on the side like just the idea oh, yeah. to do like uh music all the time would be so cool in the sense of like i don't know how people think of like for me at my job i know a lot of shit right about my day job but like, imagine if I didn't have to do that and learn that, and instead of during that time, I just did me like you would learn so much just by not having right. to do other shit. And I think people don't get like I get like I couldn't afford to do that yet. But like, if there ever came a time, I just think you would start making again the whole leaps, you know, because you would just be putting so much time into it. For sure, for sure. There's when like I've had jobs out here too. Like I have to have jobs out here, and uh one of the last ones I had was working at this lighting gig. So I would like, I would set up lights and run lights and run sound and run audio and like run like actual little concerts and little like music things for people. Um, and like doing that plus engineering and producing and yada, 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 all of that still kind of ties in together. Right. Because you're, I'm engineering these, these weddings, you know, or these, um, these venues or these meetings or or whatever the hell it may be. Uh, and just kind of setting up all of that and learning the ins and outs of what it, like what it takes to rent a venue or what it takes to do this or get a permit for this space or hire this company to do this. Like all of it kind of ties in together in a bigger picture because to me now it's like, okay, I know these artists. I know this venue costs this much. How how many of these artists can I get together for a show? What can we chip in? What like what do we need to do to get this show here? Because I've seen the ins and outs of all of it. And being able to get kind of jobs like that, I know that's not available for everyone. But if uh, if like an internship is not available, doing something around entertainment will still keep you in that kind of mindset of this is what I want to do. Right. It, it's not like, it's not like you work a nine to five and then you turn a switch on when you get home and then you get in this mode that I, to me, that that's, that's like a stop and go kind of, kind of mentality. I, I think people get burned out on it and that's why I think people don't like it. As right. Much. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think something that isn't talked about probably a whole lot of people that, you know, do it on the side and stuff is, uh, I do try to make beats every day. You know, that is, I do try to 
open the program and do something. Now, I'm very good at being like, today's not the day, you know, and I'll just shut that shit off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll also, I'm, I enjoy just, let's just finish something, even if it's not that good. We'll listen to it later, you know. Uh, I'm very much of like I have to kind of do it because if I get out of habit of doing it, I won't because I've done that. You know, I've took a month or two off before and then I'm like, fuck, I'm so rusty. Um, but it, it is also good. You know, it's good to reset your brain and all that. Like after I release a project, it's very hard to make music after you release an album. I, for me anyway. Oh, yeah. It's just like you feel like you just came or whatever. Right? And you're like, I need a minute. <laughs> like, shit. Uh, Man, when, when Corona hit. Uh, I I purchased an Xbox for the first time in like ten years. I took this this massive break from music for like a month. But when I came back, my mixes and my production had just fucking jumped up for some reason. I I don't know, but like taking those breaks at at particular times can really really benefit you. The whole the whole you gotta go every single day, stay up all night, you know, no sleep game. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I, I'm not part of no sleep game. I'm uh, I'm I have a fucking like I said a real job. I have to wake up early, and then if I get at times at work, I can sneak like a YouTube video in here and there. Sometimes I watch a fuckload of YouTube. Like I have nothing to do at work. Um, <laughs> but like you know, I watch uh, some beat videos or something. You know, try to keep my mind in that mode, if I right, will. Right. And then uh, you know, like so when I get home, uh, might smoke a little something, and then just fuck around on this MIDI keyboard and then sometimes I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool because again, like I don't really know how to play any instrument, but I got um I can't believe I can't remember the name of that. Whatever the melodics, the little yeah, yeah. thing. So I mess around on melodics to try to learn how to play keyboard from time to time. And uh, you know, I could play stuff in A minor and C major. And people that really know how to play keyboard will understand how that's not good, but people that don't are like, oh very I mean, cool. Just start somewhere and what <laughs> what what I would really do if that's all you play in is just resample yourself and like I do. transpose it. I do. So, yeah, I just move it up and down the grid. Um, yeah. And I just, I can play the other ones, but like, I feel like something I'm pretty decent at is I can make a good, like sad, uh, you know, little piano melody or whatever. And I just, I, I can't, if I have to try to think of like, wait, which one of these black keys what, and which are the, uh, <laughs> like, I just don't <laughs> have that knowledge yet. Yeah, for some reason, my hands always go to, like, E-flat. I think that's the one. But it's, like, it's mostly black keys and, like, two white keys. Well, and what's funny is, like, on the edges. Before I even knew about scales or keys or anything, like, from the first few months you making beats, I made everything in that because I just thought it was funny that it would be A-C-E to spell ace. <laughs> and I would just do that fucking around, like, for no reason. And then, like, year, like a year into it, I finally realized the little music theory was like, oh, well, hey, at least all these are in there. Like, that's all in something. Uh, but, yeah, you just – it is. It's all learning. Uh, eventually, uh, you'll know you'll know more, and then everything will change. You know, like, that's another thing. Like, someday, all the stuff we're learning now is going to be, like, probably won't even matter. They'll have, like, some new program that does everything. Uh, it just hooks up to your brain. It just bro. does it, yeah. Like, <laughs> they already have algorithms that make beats, and apparently they're pretty the, good. Like, they're better the 5G, than... The 5G is going to go through the coronavirus chip into your brain that, that Elon Musk is developing. Dude, I'm ready for the, just... the neural link. Let's just do it. I just want my dog to have one so we can talk to each other. <laughs> oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no more guessing. Oh, but, God. All right, man. Well, I'm going to play... Uh, your song that you submitted for 
the producer challenge. I'll say we should play that at the end of here, um, which was called oh, yeah. Omen. Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, also, I'll need to get a picture of your face for my artwork. So we'll have to figure <laughs> that out eventually as well. All right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Well, um, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, so we'll play a song here. And then, you know, of course, someday have you back on all that shit. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you having me on, man. All right, peace. There ain't no way, never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, burning up slowly. What of my main, calling that chosen, put on my name. Never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, killing them slowly. What of my main, calling that chosen, put on my name. No shade, no shade, sun hot. Got the ear of the street when I chop block. You ain't even know it's me, you can kick rock. Get a sample and a hit, but you think not. Can't pay for the verse, but you see now. Whole life in the reverse, but you see now. Got a thing for the curse, I'm a geek out. Who are you? Only tell me what you leave out. Wait, wait, move it like one, make it like two. See no trace, hit them up on, bitch, go dumb. Me and my friends, never 911. Ayy, to the more profit. Ayy, Minx is covered in me. Shit, I be up a dub. Skinny pockets deep. They said there ain't no way. Never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, burning up slowly. What of my main, calling that chosen, put on my name. Never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, killing them slowly. What of my main, calling that chosen, put on my name. I'm alive, I'm the highest Better so nice when they front for the vice grip Me, I work night shift, day shift, grave Only check time when I get that pay Never talk cheap cause I walk this way You don't know me, you ain't seen this phase Bitches on E till we make that play You chillin' with a roach, we gon' smoke that ray He talking on the side, we gon' line you chalk Looking over shoulders, caught you balk Try to break bad, but you bad, I'm Walt Only compare our sons, Marshall Falk Ram Aries, A, looking like a war god Firing his soul, firing his soul Feeling deja vu with the sun drop Cold with the drum top, bold what you what, what, oh, what you ain't no way. Never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, burning up slowly. What of my main, calling that chosen, put on my name. Never lose focus, never lose faith. Looking like Goldman, taking their aim, killing them slowly. What of my main, 